Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Lesha here with you once again, joined by a very special guest. I'm joined by Robin Dutricourt, who is a product manager for Amazon Polly. Welcome, Robin. Thank you, Simon, and thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Yeah, my pleasure. Although I am disappointed that you didn't uh, bring Amazon Polly as the speaker on this uh, particular podcast, but um, hopefully by the end, people will understand what Amazon Polly is. How's that for a challenge for you? That sounds great. <laughs> So text-to-speech is a big space uh, in IT and always has been. I think I was watching a a very old video of uh, the launch of the original Apple Mac where the Mac spoke, and it was as robotic as you could like uh, in terms of voice. But I remember seeing that live and going, oh, my goodness, this is just mind-blowing. But we've come a long way. So maybe let's have you talk a little bit about text-to-speech applications per se and Amazon Polly in particular. Sure, absolutely. So, as you said, uh, text-to-speech has evolved a lot over the years, and uh, I think in recent years it's uh, it's become more and more adopted by the the end user in terms of acceptability for the quality of speech. And uh, a lot of that has to do with developments in technology, which uh, over the years have improved. And uh, what we offer through Amazon Polly is uh, is an exciting service that we launched at the end of last year uh, at reInvent, and it's a text-to-speech service through AWS. And it leverages the same technology as uh, Amazon Alexa services and devices. And uh, it's, uh, it's benefiting from large advances in, uh, in machine learning and AI. And uh, that's a big part of what allows the, the voices to sound as natural as they are. So these are lifelike voices that, uh, that are offered across uh, dozens of languages uh, and many voices per language. Um, and it's, uh, it's something that's used across many different industries and different segments and lots of different use cases. So it's an exciting development. And I think that lifelike interaction is, is a really important part of it because as human beings, we're kind of sensitive to things that are natural and things that are artificial. And voice is clearly a very natural human interaction. And so when you're hearing something robotic or mispronounced, um, it, it sort of throws off your interaction. So really what Polly's trying to do is to make it as natural as possible in, in a variety of different languages. And I think the variety of different languages is, like, that's a massive challenge in and of itself, isn't it? Absolutely. Every language has its own varieties. And, and you know, just picking uh, what you're going to do for any given language, you know, pick uh, US English or Australian English. Uh, they both may be English, but they have their varieties. And picking a uh, a voice actor for the the basis of the the production of that language, uh, that's a challenge in itself. What does it mean to produce an Australian English voice or U.S. English voice? And, uh, you know, each voice, each person out there in the universe has their own accent. So how do you determine what that text-to-speech voice should sound like? How do you create a voice that uh, that is as usable by as many end users and customers as possible so that it's uh, applicable uh, for all these different use cases? That's a big challenge in itself. And uh, beyond that, making it uh, sound as lifelike as possible involves a lot of different uh, aspects of uh, building a language model from picking uh, the pronunciation of each word to all the intonation and prosody that needs to go into place to make it sound uh, just like a person or as close as possible. So maybe let's talk about some of the nuances of that because you know there are there are some things that sort of seem obvious to listeners but are really hard programmatically to do. One of the, one of the classic ones is you know when I'm re- when I'm doing text to speech, am I reading a phone number or am I telling you a number? Because you know if I say a phone number, it's you know you know oh one six six seven that are, you know I may break it up that way versus saying you know one million four hundred and seventy two thousand type of thing. Talk us through some of the nuances of that and what Amazon Polly does to help our uh, our listeners deal with that. 
Absolutely. So the uh, the context sensitivity is a big part of what we do to build out these voices. And so the way that you might read out a phone number in uh, U.S. English versus British English, for example, might differ. And uh, and so we have to be aware of what variety of uh, of language we're talking about and what you would expect from the uh, the native speakers of that language. And so when you've got the text input, you've really just got a series of characters, and those need to be translated into an expected output. Uh, speech output. And so that pronunciation is going to have to know, are you going to say 555 or are you going to say 555? Uh, and are you going to uh, see, uh, say read versus read depending on the context, even though those letters R-E-A-D are the same. And so the, the modeling that goes behind the scenes focuses really heavily on ensuring that as much as possible, we're accurate about the, the expected pronunciation uh, from that text-to-speech voice given the text input. And one of the other nice things I really like is that it's so easy to switch between the voices, so not just the, the style of voice, but even the languages as well. I'm, I'm going to tell a small story here. I was I was working with a, a colleague of mine, and um, he was building a, a pretty amazing demo. And I'm not going to give away what the demo is, but it was very impressive, full on demo. And part of it was some voice feedback that was using Polly. And we were using the Australian voice and we realized that for the particular use case, the British voice was actually much better. So we swapped it over. It was literally one one code line change and away we went. We were good to go. But then we took it a step further and said, what would it sound like in Spanish? And it was trivial to make that change. I think it's it's kind of amazing when you think of the multilingual aspect and what that means for customers who are building apps that go global. Uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a game changer. Yes, it's very exciting, especially because we offer a variety of different languages, different voices per language. Each one has its own personality, if you will, and their own uh, their own flavor. And uh, the ability to switch so easily from one voice to another, whether you're creating an experience that has multiple, say, U.S. English voices, or you're switching languages from English to Spanish, the uh, the service is very simple in the sense that you're just sending text uh, as an API request, and you're returning uh, as output the uh, the speech. And it allows you to switch back and forth with different voices and create lots of different interactions. So that's a very exciting part of the experience. So let's let's talk a little bit about you know, how how you do use it. You mentioned using the API from a developer standpoint. What's what's my what are the fundamentals I need to be aware of for using Amazon Polly? Essentially, it's a, it's a simple API where you send as a request uh, a, a series of characters. So there's text input. And you're selecting which voice you would like to have uh, synthesize that speech. And each voice is associated to a language. And, uh, and what you get as output, you can select the, the format. So you can get that as a streaming format or you can download it as an MP3 or some other uh, format. And you can either get that in real time. And so you can create real time experiences, uh, or you can uh, download those files individually and you can set up whatever experience you'd like, uh, on your own time. And the downloading of the files, I think, is really interesting because what we're saying is is you're not required to interact with Amazon Polly each and every time for the same piece of text. You can, as you said, pre-generate that cache and replay that as many times as you want. That's right. And that's a big value feature here for the service. So, if, for example, if you've got a blog post that you're voicing and you want to give your audience the opportunity to listen to the text that you've got on your site uh, in addition to being able to read it, you can create an audio file of a voice that's speaking that, uh, that text, and then you can save it and you can essentially, uh, replay that. You can cache it locally and you can replay that as many times as you want. So from a, uh, from a pricing perspective, if you pay for that initial download of that file of however many characters it may be, 
whether one person listens to it or a million people listen to it, you're just, uh, you're just caching and replaying that audio file as many times as you like. So it gives you that flexibility to, uh, to create those audio files and, and work with them. And once you've created that, it's yours. It's yours to use however you like. That's up to you. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. I'm going to talk briefly about the, the pricing because uh, I think it's pretty exciting that technology this level is available so easily now. So there is a free tier. So you can uh, the free tier includes 5 million characters per month for speech or speech mark requests for the first 12 months. So that's uh, quite a bit of, uh, of speech you can do for that. And then the pay-as-you-go pricing is simply $4 per 1 million characters for speech requests. Um, and also for $4 per 1 million characters for speech marks as well. So to decode that for you, the team has done a really good job of explaining, you know, how, like what this would cost and, and, and typically what it would mean. So an average email message is about, uh, 3.1 thousand characters, about four minutes. It's going to cost you two whole cents. Uh, a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens is 165,000 characters or 64 pages. Uh, it's about three hours, 50 minutes of speech. It's the grand total of 66 cents. Uh, if you want to go for The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain, that's 6,000 characters. Didn't know it was that long. 224 pages, 13 hours and 50 minutes at the grand total of $2.40. So it's kind of interesting how accessible all this is. Maybe let's talk about some some good customer examples that you've seen. Sure, absolutely. And, and just to comment on the pricing, you know, really the the push here is to democratize AIs, to make this accessible for all levels of customers, all types of use cases, and to uh, to expand the audience uh, as uh, as people are getting more and more used to using voiced options for text based content, and so that's a, a big push for us. Is, is we want customers to feel like this is a service that's available to them, and we don't want cost to be a hindrance. And the the free tier allows many customers to to test this service for uh, for an entire year uh, with uh, with a generous ability to synthesize speech every month. Uh, at, at no cost until they, they get over into the free tier. And as you mentioned, uh, even once they're out of that, it's, uh, it's still very affordable. Um, as far as the, the customers that we've got, it's a, it's a wide breadth of customers across many different industries. Some include the, uh, the more traditional text-to-speech industries like telephony, uh, and others are, uh, are more emergent like, uh, like in gaming. Uh, but we've got everything in between as well. We've got lots of uh, language learning cases, education cases, um, so a whole a whole bunch of uh, opportunities here for customers to develop new applications uh, using text to speech. It really is one of those spaces where, in the past, the I guess the the vision or imagination of people has been limited by what was practically achievable uh, in terms of getting voice to work. And you know, I harken back to those ro- robotic tinny type voices, which still blew my mind at the time. Um, but we've really stepped it up now. This is literally, if you can make an API call, you can convert text to speech in multiple languages now, can't you? Absolutely. You've got, uh, you know, we offer 24 languages today and uh, 48 voices today, but this is a, a list that's constantly building where, uh, you know, the, the bread and butter of our service is uh, voices and we offer uh, these languages and these uh, these voices that are going to continue to evolve over time. Uh, behind the scenes, we're constantly improving the ones that we offer that are released today, and we're constantly working on building the next language and next voice and giving customers more and more options. And the series of features that we offer as well through things like SSML tags allow you to modify some of those voices uh, beyond just the pronunciation, but you can also change things like the pitch and the speech rate and other features that allow you to uh, to tweak the way that the voice sounds, uh, adjust the pronunciation that can uh, best fit your use case. Yeah, there's a richness there. I think uh, Polly recently was able to start whispering, and I've got to say, she kind of freaked me out a bit. 
Yes, I'm sure it fits when you're telling a story, but uh. <laughs> well, you know the the important part to think about there is that whispering is something that we naturally do as people, and it may not fit uh, your most canonical use cases for text to speech. Uh, but if you think of it as one of many features that exist and will continue to be released that allow these voices to speak in a natural way, this is a natural thing for us to do as as people is to whisper. And if you play around with that feature and you you try different speech samples in terms of what the text is, you'll find you get different effects. And if you combine that with different experiences, say visual experiences, uh, which you can do using uh, the speech marks feature, for example, uh, where you can have, for example, an, an avatar that's speaking and uh, and you hear the whisper voice. It, it allows uh, an increased range of uh, of emotion associated to those voices. And so uh, it's sort of our way of uh, of demonstrating that we're invested in continuing to evolve these text-to-speech voices and to uh, enable further emotion uh, through these voices. And, and Whisper is just one of many uh, projects that we've got going on. So we're excited to to have released that one. It's very cool. And in uh, future episodes, uh, we'll dive into some of the uh, really interesting applications of this technology. But for now, Robin, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want more information, adibest.amazon.com forward slash poly, P-O-L-L-Y, as in once a cracker. And uh, we do like to get your feedback, Podcast at amazon.com. And as always, and now with voice, until next time, keep on building.